0: start today hallelujah let's read it together it says what give thanks to the Lord for he is good his love endures forever let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story those he redeemed from the hand of the foe those he gathered from the hands and from the lands east and west and from the north and the south and I just got a little old school in me today. I'm going to read it to you from the old King James, just because I like the way it sounds. Y'all don't mind, do you? Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. <laughs> Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. Whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. Hallelujah. You're going to help me preach today. Look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, if you see something, say something. Give God a hand clap of praise in the building today. Hallelujah. Jesus. There is a wonderful spirit in this place. I invite all those who may be watching by live stream. If you're looking for a warm, a warm, loving place to worship, a family to call home. Everybody needs a family. Hebrews encourages us not to forsake the assembly of one another. I encourage you right now. This is a wonderful family, and we are waiting for you. Can y'all give them a shout to let them know we're waiting on them? It has been a wonderful, a magnificent morning, starting with a, a breakfast for the ladies, for all of you who participated. If you didn't make it, you missed some good, good, good food, didn't it? That was amazing. Austin, Austin can cook some fresh toast. The guys got together and we worked. I'm thankful for, to, to the guys who showed up and did uh, your responsibilities and handle those. We're looking for men and we're encouraging men to be responsible and to step up. We, uh, here at Macario uh, at Encounter, Macario's was a worship place that I worshiped at many years. But here at Encounter, men don't make excuses. We make things happen. And I'm grateful for our men. Give them a hand couple players today. We wanted to show the ladies that we love them. In our series today, we're talking about freedom, and I and, and I, I love the fact that my daughter walked up to me, my youngest daughter, and she said, "Daddy, I've got a I've got a a scripture for you." And I said, "What's that scripture, Anna?" And Anna began to give me the scripture that she had had. Uh, during uh, the service, and she said, it's Psalms, That in she came to me, and she said, uh, whom the Son sets free, it was John, she said, is free indeed. She was paying attention. <laughs> I don't know if, if you're paying attention, but I want you to know that no matter what you're going through in life, you're already free. God has already freed you, and you are free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed, and today, as we celebrate and we look at our freedom. We look at a psalmist in the book of Psalms chapter 107 and he begins to give a jubilant praise. He's excited when you read that. You can tell that the atmosphere for the psalmist in his mind was much, Brother Turhan, like, like the atmosphere that's here right today. This praise in here, a praise in the spirit where you really don't want to let it go. I I, I was almost on the verge of just saying I'll see y'all next week and we'll just start the sermon in the series uh, next week. But but we're going to go on with the, with the praise. And I want you to know that this person, when they're praising, the reason that they are praising in this psalm is because they have just been released from the captivity. Of Babylon. They have been in oppression. They have been under the boot of Nebuchadnezzar. They have been under the boot uh, of an of a oppressive regime for years. And, and so when this man begins to write his psalm, some believe that it is actually Jeremiah that wrote this psalm that we are reading now. We listen in hindsight thousands of years later, and yet we are still encouraged by their praise. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how you can look at somebody else's praise and what they go through and you can be encouraged by the things that they are going through. And as we look in the hindsight, we often don't realize that many times our praise is prolific when our pain is prolific. So if your pain is prolific, your praise can be powerful. What do you mean by that? It's great for you to encourage me when I, when I, when I'm going through and I, I like to hear what what you have to say when I'm going through, but sometimes when I look at your life and I realize that you've gone through some storms in life, when I look at your life and I realize that you've gone through some things and I've watched you for a while, it means just a little bit more when it's coming from somebody that you know that's been through some storms. I don't know if you know it or not, but in your life, you're in three parts of transition. You're either in a storm, you're either leaving a storm, or you're on your way to a storm because those who live in life cannot live life without some storms in life. Sometimes you can't live without losing loved ones and some of the people that you love dying and going away to glory to be with Jesus. You can't live in life without some kind of sickness or tragedy touching you because you live in a fallen world. But if we're truly to grasp the magnitude of what the psalmist is saying, we must remember that how they started is not how they began. What do you mean? We see them in Psalms 107. Oftentimes you see people praising, you see them not looking like what they've been through. And I'm glad that look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't look like what I've been through. (laughs) You don't look like all the nights you cried. You don't look like all the tears you shed. You don't look like all the worry and the stress and all the gray hair that you have some of you have been smart enough to get some, some some glue, some other stuff and cover up some of the stress. So people wanted to tell that you've been through some things. I want to talk today to some people who are battle scarred. And many times we jump straight to the praise and the praise doesn't mean as much when we hear him say give thanks to the Lord for he is good. But you have to know why he's praying. We see the praise, but we don't really see the pain. We see the encouragement, but we don't see the whole picture for we see in the book of second kings and chronicles 36 and also in jeremiah 52 we see the destruction of jerusalem We see Jerusalem being destroyed by outside kings. We see Nebuchadnezzar in the year 597 comes into Jerusalem and he removes the rightful king and puts a vassal king, a puppet king in his place, a king by the name of Zedekiah. Now, Zedekiah is a wicked king and only cares about himself. Zedekiah ignores what the prophets are saying to him, saying, I know you're listening to everybody telling you things are going to be good, but you're going to go through some storms and you need to bow to the king of Babylon. This is the Lord punishing you. This is the Lord disciplining you. Sometimes you are not trust every prophet that tells you that you're going to get a house and a car, but sometimes you need a prophet that'll tell you about the sin in your life. You need a prophet that'll tell you about some of the stuff that's on your life that needs to come off of it. I, I'm glad you can tell me I, I, I can get a house. I'm glad you can tell me I can get a car, but sometimes I need you to tell me that I need to get. get. Get myself together and be holy before the Lord. I need a prophet that's not scared to speak truth. I need a prophet that's not scared. Like Jeremiah was not scared to look at the king and speak truth to power, but he was ignored. And so for 10 years, they begin to rebel against Babylon. And after the first occupation in Babylon, bringing people away from, from Jerusalem, Zedekiah decides that he wants to rebel and he makes a, a treatise with the king of Egypt that he's going to beat the Babylonians. And what happens is it doesn't work out like he planned. He didn't follow the word of the prophet. He didn't fall on his knees and repent. He didn't listen to the hard word and say, Lord, change my life like we should generally do. But his heart became hard. And the Bible says, and Josephus, the historian said, that as they began, the three generals began to rush into Jerusalem. That Zedekiah didn't worry about the people that he was supposed to be serving as king. Zedekiah took his family and snuck out the back door. Zedekiah took his people and his family and they snuck out the back door as Nebuchadnezzar sat in another city and had three of his generals begin to ransack Jerusalem and begin to burn the temples down. And these people are now seeing the life that they knew and realizing that it's not going to be even anymore. And Nebuchadnezzar is such an evil type person that he has them bring them, uh, bring Zedekiah over to him. And how he punishes Zedekiah is he brings Zedekiah. Zedekiah's sons before him, and he lets Zedekiah take one last look at his sons. And then he executes his sons right before his very eyes. And as if that was not brutal enough, then he puts out Zedekiah's eyes. So that'll be the last sight that he ever saw in life that all he could remember. And the last thing that he would see was Nebuchadnezzar cutting the throats of his children, sticking swords through their body and killing them. Nebuchadnezzar is not a nice person. Nebuchadnezzar is not a friendly person, and this time, because Israel has not listened, Nebuchadnezzar takes all of them off, and they put them into the fertile crescent of Babylon, and now here they are in Babylon. Some have lost family, and they're remembering watching their church burn to the ground. They're remembering watching mother and father and women and children be pillaged and taken advantage of and watching all the horrors of war. And these people are now have now gone from a nation of, and freedom down to being oppressed. And as, as they become oppressed, somebody begins to write a song. You know, some of the best songs, Brother Turnhung, brother, come when you're in a painful place. You begin to write from your heart. And and when he begins to write from his heart, he writes Psalms 137 and some historians believe that this is Jeremiah, but he writes something prolific. He says, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. He's saying, when I thought about home and I realized the situation that I'm in and the captivity I'm in, I sat by a beautiful river, but I could not. For Babylon was a beautiful place. Nebuchadnezzar had one of the seven wonders of the ancient world called the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Some of the things that he built still remain in modern day Iraq till this day. It was a mighty and a powerful kingdom. And what he is saying is, I'm sitting here with beautiful scenery. But I can't stop crying because although I'm in a place that looks beautiful, I'm bound and not free. And I'd rather be in a raggedy place free than I would in a good looking place bound. What are you saying, Pastor? Some of us kill ourselves day to day trying to go to work just to make a dollar and make ends meet to have a nice house that we never live in because we're working all the time just to retire. And when we get ready to retire, it's time to die and we don't enjoy any of the house we wasted our time saving for and you can't even when you come in the house enjoy the house why can't you enjoy the house because you worked your fingers to the bone and you're too tired to even enjoy the blessings God has given you or the blessings sometimes you have given yourself you are a slave to your job you need to work But there's balance in your life. You don't need to work your fingers to the bone. God wants man to work. But many people are in the rat race and they're killing themselves and they're stressing and they're slaves to people and they never take the time to take care of themselves. They're in a beautiful house, but they can't enjoy that house. By the rivers of Babylon Set we there down and wept. I have nice pillows, but I can't sleep on them at night. I have nice cars, but they can't take me any place that'll put smiles on my face. I have lots of people around me, but yet I feel alone on the inside. I'm by beautiful scenery, but yet on the inside, I'm still not free. By the rivers of Babylon there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. <laughs> have you ever been in a place in life when you look back to a simpler time when you didn't have as many bills, you didn't have as many stresses, you didn't have as many pills, you didn't have as many prescriptions, you didn't have as many things in life, and you look back on that and you say, by the rivers of my couch, I sit here and I weep when I remember when I had my good health i remember when i had good relationships and now i'm sitting by comfort but can no longer be comforted because i'm bound verse 2 and 137 says we hanged our harps on the willows in the midst thereof (laughs) in other words we have the ability and the instrument to give praise but i can't give praise on the instrument because there's no praise in my spirit I'm broken and I'm busted and I'm disgusted. Why are you broken and busted and disgusted? Uh, the psalmist, the psalmist tells us in verse three. He says, "For there, they that carried us away captive required of us a song." Hallelujah. I'm sitting here looking at people who have their boot on my head and they're gloating, saying, "Why don't you sing? Your God's good, ain't he?" <laughs> Why don't you sing? Your marriage is falling apart, but you, you say, you say, why don't you sing right now? You, you Why don't you sing? You're about to lose your house. You're about to lose your mind. Where is your God now? They looked at them and they said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. I come to tell you that the enemy is watching you, trying to see how you're going to handle your storm. He's waiting for you to break. He's waiting for you to give up. He's waiting for you to leave your husband. He's waiting for you to leave your wife he's waiting for you to quit your job and you don't have any money he's waiting for you to throw away all the friends you have he's waiting for you to lay your religion down and begin to cuss out people he's waiting for you to do it he's saying sing us one of the songs oh, he's sitting there and they are taunting these people you say you're free you say you saved, but you always gotta Smile on your face. You say you're free. You say you're safe, but they see you smiling on the outside. But what about that depression you're dealing with on the inside? You're not at church now with all the people raising their hands. You're not in the live praise. You don't have Terhan and Haley and all the band and people playing around to get you in the mood to to work. Now you're out here all by yourself. Sing us one of the songs of Zion. And then they said in verse 3, For there they that carried us away, captive, required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs. Of giant, but then they replied, they said, How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? They were in a strange land, (laughs) they were in an unfamiliar season. Is there anybody who's ever been in a strange land before in your life? Well, pastor, what is a strange land? I'll give you a few examples of a strange land in case you might not recognize that you've been there before. When you wake up in the morning and you have to pray just to get the mental strength to get out of the bed and make it to the door in the morning, that is a strange land. Has anybody ever been in a strange land when you have to cry yourself to sleep at night and you're wondering where is God in myself? Situation. Why hasn't God heard me and delivered me? You are in a strange land when life and living hurts and you see no hope for tomorrow. You are living in a strange land. Some people walk into the doors of the church. And they see other people happy and waving their hands and singing the songs of Zion. And they try to raise their hands, but their hands feel like they're 300 pounds. Why? Because they're weighted down by the heaviness of their heart. And they said, Lord, I want to praise you. But I'm in a strange land. I'm in a situation that I'm not familiar with, and I don't know how I'm going to get out of it, Lord. I can't tell the people around me because they wouldn't understand, and it may make me look bad, God. They wouldn't understand, it. I would praise you, and I hear him saying, lift your hand. I hear them jumping and shouting, and I feel the spirit that they have, but I can't feel anything because I'm in a strange place. I'm tired. I feel like giving up. Somebody said, if I don't wake up in the morning, it it will be all right with me. Some people start having suicidal thoughts. Some people start having destructive and demonic thoughts because they are off in a strange land and they are captive to something that is tearing them apart from the inside out. I don't know who it is, but there's somebody in this building right now. I feel it in my spirit right now. You're in a strange land. You're tired of struggling. You're tired of pretending like everything is okay. You're tired of pretending that your marriage is all right when it's not. You're tired of pretending your life is all right when you look in the mirror and you hate the person you see every day. God is saying, I can help you if you let me bring you out of your strength. Many of us have had a strange land, and they they last for different lengths of time. Some people just have a bad day in a strange land, but some people have a bad week or a bad month or a bad year. And to be honest, some of us have had bad decades in a strange land. Some people have said, like they used to say in the blues of Mississippi, if it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have no luck at all. Somebody, Somebody can identify with that, that, Lord, I'm in a strange. So you can't understand why some people jump and they shout, and sometimes we look at them with our dignified self and say, I don't see why it's taking all that. The reason you don't understand is because your strange land hasn't come yet, but when your strange land comes and God sets you free, I don't care what it looks like. You don't care if your mascara runs. You don't care if your clothes get wrinkled. You don't care if you spent $200 on your hair and you have to go get it, but when it hits you and you re- Realize that God has brought you out. They used to say where I was from, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul will cry out, hallelujah. I'm encouraged listening to the praise of these captives because I know that they have been through something. When you don't have much experience, your words may give comfort, but I've come to tell you that there is weight in your warfare. What do you mean by that? That some people can tell you something, but you know they haven't been through something. When you lose a loved one, I remember when I lost my mother, I realized how many times I told people that I I, I wish I could feel what you feel. And I'm praying for you and I'm thinking of you. But until you lose your mother, you don't really realize that nobody can understand understand what you're going through. <laughs> and when you're able to see somebody else that's lost it, you can go up to them and you can say, I understand that they don't understand. And I understand that I don't understand either. And I know that pain keeps you up at night. But all I can tell you is that I've been through the storm that you've been through. And if you just put your hand in Jesus, everything will be all right. There is weight and your are worth out. What you're going through is not an accident, nor is it a peculiar incident that needs to be overlooked. What you're going through is warfare. And as we go through warfare in life, many times we try to hide what we've been through. We try to cover it up with suits and makeup. We try to cover it up with nice church words, not realizing that there are people who are dying every day that need your testimony. They need what you have to give. God is looking for a church that stops trying to look like they're perfect and start to look like they're real. Because there's real people that are hurting, that need to realize that I'm not perfect every day. But if I can make it, you can make it. The Bible says this in the book of Revelation it says they were overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Somebody is waiting on your testimony. Somebody is waiting on your praise. (laughs) See, if you read one if you read the top part of 107 and you just read it it doesn't make as much of an impact to you until they re- you realize that the praise is coming from somebody who's been down to the brink and back who's been to the lowest levels of life and God has lifted them out All through 107, they give four different types of people that God is good to. In Psalms 107, 4 through 9, it says that God is good to the wonder. I'm glad they brought these up because all of us meet these categories. These are those who have no direction, and don't have any resource in life. Many people go today, 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 and are struggling to find their way because there's no clear-cut direction in life, and God has brought you through on the straight path. Somebody needs to hear that I've been in a dark place, and if you don't have direction, you don't have to worry about it. All you got to do is put one foot in front of the other, but I don't know where I'm going. God does that all the time. Come here, Abraham. Abraham, go into a land. That I will show you, God, I don't know where I'm going, but he said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. You don't have to focus on the end goal. All you got to do is focus on the next step. One step at a time. One foot in front of the other. I failed today, Pastor. That's okay. Get back up and take another step. One step at a time. One foot in front of the other. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm stepping out. Many times we look at our mountain and our mountain looks too big and we say we can't meet that mountain. And when my mother was going through cancer and I would look at her, I would say every day, I said, Mama, one step at a time, one foot in front of the other. I've come to you to tell you some of you feel overwhelmed because you don't see how you're going to make it to the end. I said, just trust God for the next step (laughs) you don't understand what i just said trust god for the next step get out of the boat peter you don't know if the water gonna hold you up or not you've never seen it happen but god told you to do it so take your foot up and set your foot down and trust god for the next step god is not only good to the wanderer (laughs) But in Psalms 107, verse 10 through 16, they let you know, and you can study it later, that God is good to the prisoner. (laughs) Sometimes we're held captive by our own decisions. (laughs) There's no one to blame but ourselves. The people in Israel knew that we're not here just because Nebuchadnezzar is wicked. (laughs) But God allowed wicked Nebuchadnezzar to take care of us because we've been wicked. (laughs) Sometimes we've done some stuff that we shouldn't be. Doing And we're prisoner of our circumstances. Some people are trying to get out of debt now because we love to swipe first and pay later. And now we are prisoner to debt. But I've come to tell you one step at a time that let you know that some of our situations and circumstances we are in because we put ourselves in but guess what God is good to the prisoner too so even if you messed up fess up get up and move forward once your prison sentence is done God is going to set you free and he's going to make sure that you are expunged your record is already clean in heaven you might have to deal with some residual today but I come to tell you that the sun has already set you free <laughs> you might still be paying down debt but you're already debt free your debt is already canceled you might still be working on your relationship but it's already healed in jesus name uh, hallelujah not only is he good to the wanderer not only is he good to the prisoner but he's good to the sick those who are in need of a physical healing they letting you know through all this time that God is good if you need some healing in your body. The Bible said that he sent his word and healed them. God's word can heal. Yes, we love doctors and we, we're grateful for what God has allowed doctors to discover. But I've come to tell you that in the natural, there is a point where the doctor stops and shakes his head. And he said, there's nothing else that I can do. But I remember as a little boy, I used to hear people sing this solo that said, Have you any rivers that you see that seem impossible? Have you any mountains that you can't climb? God specializes in things impossible and he can do what no other power can do. You may feel like it's over for you, but I've get, let you know that your latter shall be better than your former in Jesus' name. You're not going to leave like you came. I come to tell you, I'm feeling mighty good today. You know why? Because I've been down in the bottom. And I know what it's like to be like Jonah on the bottom. And I know what it's like to say, from the belly of hell, I cry. I know what it's like to sit on your bed and not have enough strength to get up in the morning. But I've come to tell you, if you just keep walking, weeping, may, do it for a night. But joy comes in the morning. there anybody that needs some joy? <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> not only is he good to those who are sick. Not only is he good to the prisoner and those who are the wanderer, but Psalms one hundred seven twenty three through thirty. Go back and study. He's he's God and good to those who are in a storm. <laughs> there are those that are experiencing a rough season in life. <laughs> You're dealing with loss and pain. You're dealing with all sorts of tumultuous situations, but the hidden, the hidden beauty in going through something. Somebody said, I can't help you because I'm going through right now, but sometimes you got to change what you're saying and how you look at what you're saying. You got to look at the glass half full <laughs> because you could have said, pastor, I'm staying in right now, <laughs> but you said, I'm going through. <laughs> you know what that means? That means I'm not here to stay for long, (laughs) that I might go in it. (laughs) But as soon as God lives, I'm going to come out of it, and I'm going to give God a praise. If you know you're going through and God's going to bring you out, can you stand on your feet for about 20 seconds and give God a praise in the place? God, I thank you. Hallelujah. 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 See, when they wrote this psalm, they knew what it was like to need encouragement. I don't know if you know, but if you've ever been in that place, you know what it's like to have a bow down head. and You're waiting for somebody to encourage you. You're waiting for somebody to lift you up. And they came and they decided this psalm that I know somebody is going to be in a situation. So I'm going to give them something to help them. You know, we can all help one another. I remember when I was first starting to ride the friendly skies and 9-11 had hit and I would go through the airport and I realized something I saw something that was strange and it was letting us know that we all got to protect each other we've got to be there for each other and if you see something that would help somebody and protect their life if you see somebody acting suspicious if you see something that could preserve somebody from something going through I saw a sign for the first time that said, if you see something, say something. I've I've come to you this morning to let you know that if you ever had a trial in your life, somebody is waiting to hear your testimony. So if you can look back over your life and see how good that God has been to you if you see something, say something. If you can look at and say, I don't know what I was going to do. I didn't have any money in my pocket, but somehow I've never missed a meal. If you see something, say something. If you've ever been in a situation where they said, I'm not going to operate. I'm not going to give you chemo. I'm not going to help you. And you're too old and I'm not going to help you. But somehow God worked it out? If you see something, say something. (laughs) Somebody in the chat shall say, say something. Somebody say, say something in the building. Hallelujah. That's why he said, let the redeemed of the Lord. say so because if you don't know it or not that's you're not the only person who's been through what you're going through and you're not the only person who's going to go through what you went through and god said that you are the salt of the earth you are the light of the world and what is that light when you can come to a brother that's having trouble in his marriage and say i've had trouble in my marriage too and i want to let you know i don't know all the answers but I do know this. If you just hold to Jesus and you love each other and you stop being selfish and you start to look at the other person's needs above your own, you can make it. Somebody knows what it's like and somebody's crying right now because their kids are acting crazy and you try to hide the fact that your kids used to be that crazy because to your surprise, they actually came out pretty good. So you try to pretend that they've been good all their life, but it would help you to walk up to somebody and say, I know what it's like to have a kid on drugs. I know what it's like to have a kid or somebody that's that, that's already pregnant when they're a teenager why because they are in the dumps and they need somebody to lift them up so i'm letting you know <laughs> is there anybody in here who ever been through a storm in your life besides me <laughs> Whatever your storm is, that's your warfare. Somebody say, I'm ready for war. <laughs> I'm challenging you this week to go out and find somebody that's been through what you've been through. You ain't got to tell them all your business. I know that's not proper grammar, but I, but I just want to say it how I want to say it so you'll get it today. You ain't got to tell them all your business. You ain't got to tell them every single detail, but you can let them know, have you ever been in a situation and somebody start talking and you start remembering thoughts back in the day and you say, I know exactly what you are right now and you see them trying to find your way like you found it I've come to tell you that your test can be a testimony and that when your pain is powerful your praise can be powerful why do I have a powerful praise because I've been through something is there anybody in here that's been through something today can you stand up and give God some praise in the building (laughs) if you see something all I want you to do is say something if God has touched your life let the redeemed of the Lord Say so. Is there anybody that's got a say so in your spirit this morning? Give God some praise. Hallelujah. If you see something, say something. Don't hide what you're going through. Don't hide it. But use it to help somebody else along the way. If I could help somebody as I travel along. If I could help somebody with a word or a song, if I could show somebody where they're going wrong, then my living will not be in vain. God is letting you know, stop being bitter about what you went through. You can't use it because you're mad about it. You can't use it because you keep saying, why me? Why did I have to go through this? Why can't I have a normal life? Why can't I have a normal situation? Number one, why not you? And number two, there's no such thing as normal. All of us have situations. All of us have struggles. And right now in the middle or at the end of a pandemic, there's a lot of war-torn people that need some encouragement. And it's not time for the church to be quiet. I hear the word of the Lord. I can see a blind man sitting beside the side of the road. And he couldn't see, but he could hear and the presence of God. And he began to cry out. He said, son of David, have mercy on me. He started to get on some church folks' nerves, and they said the PA is a little bit too loud. If you if the PA is too loud for you, I don't know what you're going to do in heaven because you got thousands of angels that are singing. He, he, he didn't worry about what they said. As people said, make him go away. It's not dignified. But what he was saying is, you haven't been where I've been, and you don't need what I need. Son of David, have mercy on me. They said you need to look dignified in church. You need to use proper grammar in church. You need to talk like you're educated and you're dignified. But the blind man said to himself, I don't have time for that. That's either for you because you got your eye. Son of David, have mercy on me. I'm going to do what I need to do to get what I need to get. And if you need something for God, will you sit on your feet and will you give God a praise in this place? If you see something, if you see something, say something. Why are you jumping? Because I see something. When I close my eyes and I look where God has brought me from, I see something. And I can't help but say, I can't help but say something. Hallelujah. Somebody said, don't take all that. That's right. They don't take all that for you. But for me, it takes all that and more because when I see something, I got to say something. Jesus. Hallelujah. Just for a second, why don't you give God a praise in this place and take the roof? Hallelujah. 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 I don't know about you, but I I know what it's like to be in a dark place. I know what it's like to be in the bed and not want to get out of the bed anymore. So when I praise God, I'm not looking at where I am now. I'm looking at where I was then and where God has brought me from. He picked me up and he turned me all around and he placed my. Hallelujah. 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 I've come to let you know that the enemy wants you to be quiet. The enemy thinks that you're defeated. The enemy wants you to give up. But I want you to serve. Notice on the enemy that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I see where I've been. But I also know no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind has conceived where God's going to take me. Hallelujah. So I'm going to give him some praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Why do you love him so much? Because the Bible says that he that has been forgiven much, loves much. You may have came out of the womb, saved, sanctified, and Holy Ghost filled, speaking in in tongues and fire baptized. But I know me, I've made some mistakes in my life. And when I look at a God that looked over and he looked me on my faults and he saw my knees and he picked me up and he loved me when others were trying to kill me, all I can say is I see how good you've been and I can't help but say, thank you. <laughs> when I couldn't sleep at night, I hear the word coming to me saying that when the enemy will come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift a a standard against him. When, When I couldn't rock myself to sleep at night, the Holy Spirit singing a song in my ear, letting me know, and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I'm his own. Why is your pain? Why is your praise so powerful? Because my pain has been prolific. My pain has been on higher levels. Is there anybody that knows what it's like to experience pain in this life? That knows what it's like to experience loss and disappointment? (laughs) that knows what it's like to say how long do I have to deal with this sickness how long do I have to go through with this situation how long Lord I'm tired I've come to let you know that that is your warfare it's time for you to stop despising it thank God for it because you know he's going to bring you through it and use a good attitude for it praise God through it so you can use it for his glory have a head bow Every eye closed. I feel a heavy anointing in this place. Hallelujah. Whatever you need from God. And my God shall supply all your needs. According to his riches and glory. Pastor, I'm tired. I do more church, but they work me like a dog. We'll pray to God. God can give you more money and less time. He has the ability to do it. Just trust him. Pastor, I don't know what my life's going to be like when I walk out of these doors. I don't know if if my life's going to be the same. I've got stuff going on in my life and it may be catastrophic, but that's okay. Guess what? All your life, he's never failed. You're still here. God, we love you. We thank you. For the opportunity to praise you. Lord, I speak today. I intercede for those that are going through. I say a prayer for those who are struggling right now just to get out of bed. I say a prayer for those who are struggling and can't get sleep at night. Lord, I declare that your spirit will give them life and love. And if they don't know you right now and the pardon of their sins, God, that they will reach out to you and say, what must I do to be saved? But Lord, there are some that are saved and they are bound by depression and guilt and condemnation. Lord, I pray that they come to a realization and a revelation that they are already free because he who the son sets free is free indeed. Now empower us, Holy Spirit, to give our testimony. Empower us, Lord God, to use what we've been through to help somebody else get through. we thank you, God. We give you praise and thanks for that. I pray your blessings and your peace and your grace upon these, your people, in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout and give God a hand clap of praise.